0: This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. My name is Roger Osorio. I am your host. I'm a reinvention coach and the author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passions and Purpose. I'm excited to be here with Mia Kempala, who is a very strong and very influential and active member of the Oulu Finland community. Mia, tell us a little bit more about you and some of the things you've worked on, kind of the highlights of your, of your life so far.
1: Well, oh, hi, Roger. It's really nice to be here with you today. Uh, about the highlights of my career, I would say that I started out as a teacher in high school mm. and junior high as a teacher for uh, geography and biology and I thought that that's what I'll do until I retire but what happened was that it was really difficult to find jobs permanent positions here and I ended up doing sub teaching in many different schools and you can imagine what it is to be the sub teacher for kids that are like 13 to 15 year olds. Uh,
0: I, I, I know this. I was yeah. a math teacher All uh, right, you in were. high okay. school. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sixth, six, seventh, eighth, and then also uh, high school. All right. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. so you know, I know you that know age. It. Yeah, I can only imagine what You're happened good. to the substitutes when I when I was sick. It's like, whew.
1: yes, exactly. So I was doing that for a couple of years and then I thought that, you know, I need to do something. I need to do something else because it's impossible to find a permanent position in the fields that I was teaching, geography and biology. So what I did, uh, I started to kind of like, I went to the employment office or when you're looking for work. And I went there and I told them that, hey, I want to produce events. I want to do that. And I talked with a like a psychologist who does this kind of like what field is good for you. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, I can see that you, you might be good in that. But we don't know how to get there. Like, we don't know, like they didn't give me any direction. Like, where should I go? What should I study? What should I do to become an event producer? And I remember I was at home with my husband, and uh, he was kind of reading the local newspaper. And he he said that in the University of Oulu here, they have this new master's program. It's about, like, learning, uh, collaboration, co-creation, and something like creative collaboration and uh, educational technology. And they had a little bit of, like, a a ziblet of what it's going to be about. But I just didn't really understand. I didn't understand, like, well, but what kind of job you get from that schooling? Like, I don't get Mm -hmm. it. But I just had this like really kind of like a strong, innate feeling that I should apply for that school, even though I don't really know what it is. And I did apply and they had all kinds of like, you know, interviews and I thought everything went well. And then when the results came, I didn't get in. And I was so like, well, what? this was like this was the thing where I was supposed to go but I was kind of like on the waiting list and then a couple of people dropped out and I got in and let's fast forward a lot. I was always thinking that I'm never gonna be like doing anything with business. That was what my high school study counselor suggested that I should be studying. And I was like, no, it's like a world filled with like greed and selfishness and you know, all of those negative things that you can think of that I don't wanna enter that world, that's not for me. But then I ended up working, they just established this kind of like a startup center here in Oulu. It was after a big crisis, like the Nokia mobile phone uh, fell at that Mm -hmm. time. And we got a study assignment from that project. And it was something to design a space that there would like people from different backgrounds would meet and interact with each other and what kind of the space would be and what kind of, you know, things you would do there. I was super like in a state of flow. Then that led me to being hired to that startup, uh, like a community as mm-hmm. a community coordinator. Yep. And I was like, I had no no idea about running a startup or anything. Like I didn't even know what an investor or an angel in- investor is or a VC. I thought it's like a toilet or something, you know, like <laughs> I, I just didn't know anything. But the good thing was that I, I had a pair who I was working with and he was a business uh, student who was mm-hmm. studying business. So he knew everything. He was like the most educated person on issues related to startups. And he was always like following the latest trends. So I kind of like got my schooling from him because I was like an empty canvas and he was able to answer my own, all my silly questions. And and that kind of like led into one day us, cause we've been helping out a lot of the startups to to really communicate about their products. They had like really interesting innovations and they were the kind of that they were not for this region but they were like born global companies but how do you find those companies from Oulu because you know do you know did you know a lot about Oulu? Before? I,
0: I thought it was a city in Hawaii
1: Okay. When right. it was
0: first mentioned to me. And I thought that's what I was agreeing to an event in Hawaii. I said, that would be so cool.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a
0: bit opposite of Hawaii. How, how
1: is the Hawaii? Can you like describe uh, where we are at?
0: <laughs> yeah, we are nowhere near Hawaii. We are way north. <laughs> Hawaii is super tropical. This is not. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly. So imagine like being 100 uh, miles south of yeah. the Arctic Circle. So that's where we are, like really high up. It's in incredible. The I- so how do you like how does people even know about that there are innovations coming from such mm-hmm. a like a periphery but in any case we're helping these startups to kind of like present their products yeah. more and even though how much we were coaching them i'd still felt like i don't understand i don't understand what the product is mm-hmm. and if i as a customer don't get it like it's a big problem yeah The
0: communication part, they need to be able to effectively communicate the idea.
1: Exactly, and if you're not able to communicate it to your potential buyers, it's a huge problem. And then also another thing that happened at that time There was a lot of people talking negatively about Oulu. They were saying that now that this big company, Nokia, is closing its operations, that it's the end of our city. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you might as well move south. You might have just like, you know, your housing prices are going to go down. Like, there's nothing for you here. And that that also is uh, something that happened for my family. My my husband was working for Nokia, and they offered us a position in the southern part of Finland, which is more known to maybe people. Helsinki, they have probably heard Mm -hmm. about that place. But in any case, we just decided that, no, we want to stay here. We have family here. We have, like, we love this area. We love this region. And we're kind of thinking that is there some way that we could contribute? And I got really annoyed by this kind of, like, pessimistic attitude because it wasn't the end. It's not the end unless you stop doing something. Then it's the end. And I thought that maybe there's something we can do with that to change that, to tell the rest of Finland and the rest of the world that it's not the end, even Mm -hmm. though this big crisis hits us. And also another thing that we are kind of like shy on telling people that, you know, we are not the Hawaii of uh, Northern Finland, mm-hmm. even though we say that we are the, the Riviera of the Northern Finland, that we have the shore, like the Norwegians come mm-hmm. here. But you know, there's a shore, there's a like a beach in any place in the world. Like that's something, why would you go all the way to Oulu to explore a beach that, you, you know, you can have a little bit better beaches than some, some other places. But basically, so uh, what is unique here is the winter, the Mm. darkness, the coldness, like not really getting any sunlight and it's being so cold that the sea freeze is completely over. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like something you cannot explore in other parts. But we don't want to share that because it's kind of depressing that, Mm. hey, come to Oulu, where it's dark all the time, like six months a year. It's dark. You know, it's always windy. It's always rainy and it's cold and you know that. But, you know. Because given the circumstances that you have, you can actually make the most out of the circumstances by kind of looking at them from a different angle. so it's like why not why to highlight I mean why not highlight that yeah. instead of trying to hide it and then it was just like like a blink of a like some kind of lamp went on yeah. it's like, why don't we put our startups into the Hole carved in the Baltic sea, which is like frozen sea. And we put them there to pitch, because that for sure makes them to cut to the chase. Like they're gonna be only talking about what is the essence of their product. They're gonna get rid of all the nonsense, and they're gonna just communicate what matters. And then it just like one thing led to another, and it became this big globally known phenomena called polar bear pitching. I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, it's been, we've had participants from around the world. And, yeah, and I've,
0: I've mentioned it to people when uh, I, when I spoke in the 2018 edition yeah. in February, I had told people about it and they go, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And they've
0: heard of the concept. It's the concept. They, they may not know the whole event and what yeah. it's all about, but they knew about this idea of people, you know, being submerged uh-huh. into frozen water, yeah. having to pitch and, given all the time they can tolerate that to pitch which of course is you know you're going to want to get out quickly
1: exactly exactly so exactly it's that concept there was also like a a trademark company that approached us that said have you been thinking about that you have a totally unique concept, mm-hmm. and but yeah. So, but that's kind of like one thing how things evolved. I've been working in the entrepreneurship eco- ecosystem for a longer yeah. time, and currently I'm in a position that I'm at the university where I was all the time working for mm-hmm. the University of all, but it was our job to kind of like be creating this startup hub. But I'm more now some, somewhere in the administrative end of mm-hmm. it, like doing lots of por- PowerPoints and reports yeah. and things like that. And I don't really think that that is really something that ticks me a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like wondering that, how did I get here? Like, how did it get here? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk about that yeah. today as well. And and it sounds like you are now at a moment where you might be reinventing yourself yeah. uh, again. Um, But this is this is so cool. I I, I mean, this introduction story. Well, obviously, you know, we were quickly connected when I came to speak at the 2018 edition of the polar bear pitch Mm -hmm. uh, event, which was just mind blowing this whole idea. I remember when they were drilling the hole because my view from the hotel where I stayed, I could I could see and hear the, the drilling happening. And I didn't know what was happening. I thought it was just construction because you don't see water, mm-hmm. it's all frozen. Yeah. So I thought that was land. Yeah. I didn't know that was water. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, Vieira or somebody told me about, oh, they're drilling the hole. And I remember there was a day, there was a crisis. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like, whoa, everyone's so busy. And because they were apologizing, I'm so sorry that we're not answering your questions on time and all of that. It's just, we're having a bit of a crisis. I said, what happened? And they're like, the hole froze. And I'm thinking, how cold? Is that what is that whole situation that you drilled a hole just yesterday and it has now refrozen? People are going to jump in there and pitch a business idea. Incredible. So let's talk about success. So I want to talk about the definition of success because this is something that I have found interviewing many people for my book, for the podcast in season one. there there are so many definitions of success and this is what I believe is actually one of the marks of someone who has reinvented themselves is that they have their own definition of success and I'm always curious to know what it is what's your definition of success today
1: to me success is that you've overcome a challenge or a problem or a limitation or whatever it is that you overcome something and you have the courage to step out of Uh, maybe comfort zone or you know maybe some kind of boundary that is restricting you or keeping you from achieving what you would actually like to do so it's definitely something about overcoming and then i was also thinking that success for me is uh, able to contribute in a meaningful way it's not about wealth or prestige or anything like that but it's more like did the encounters that i had with someone did it like lift us both up or, you know, take us uh, one step further in our path. You know, mm-hmm. it's about these kind of like meaningful encounters. Yeah,
0: a shared experience. Yeah, a shared yeah. experience. That's interesting. Yes.
1: yes. And I was also thinking that perhaps it is something to do with Finnish culture because we are brought in a way that you're not supposed to kind of like tell about your successes that it's it's considered a little bit like you know who is that person and Mm -hmm. why are they telling that so it's kind of like we even have because you have this saying uh, in um, English that uh, aim for the moon and you land among the stars Mm -hmm. but our version goes like you know whoever tries to climb up a spruce will land among the juniper like the tree of the juniper with like the small little like thorns. Oh, my God. And the berry is like super bitter.
0: Oh, so, <laughs> gosh, it's <is> not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of like the, the yeah, mindset. So, that so
0: don't aim for that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of like, why? Why to even try to be, you know, yeah, doing something that Others are looking like, what are you doing? So it's kind of like a totally different type of mindset. So this question kind of like got me a little bit off guard. I'm like, success. I haven't thought about it. But yeah, that's kind of like my personal definition. It's something to. to
0: Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing there also, it's it's a a mindset, a way of being. Yeah. And less than it is a picture. Yes. uh, Like where I can't paint Mm -hmm. your definition of success. I can't look at it on a painting, but... I can see it in motion. I can yeah. see it in action, such as, you know, what you said about it's a shared experience. Mm-hmm. You know, success could be a, a great conversation here mm-hmm. where both of us are lifted up at the end of this conversation or an engagement where you create an event like mm-hmm. the polar bear pitch competition and everyone who participated is better off for having been there. That's a success. Yeah. Because they not because you sold you know, 10,000 tickets, not because you you made, you know, 20 million dollars off the event or whatever, the tar- you know, it's not that, it's something else, you know.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, that brought me one uh, incident that happened during one of the polar bear pitchings. One of our competitors uh, who kind of had a lot of bit like doubt that should she apply for the competition. And then she said uh, later that, you know, Mia, the thing that once you've been there, once you've like stepped into the ice cold water, the feeling, the sensation afterwards, it's uh, incredible. Like it just builds you this mental image that you can overcome any type of barrier like that. You know what life brings to you that you know that you have more in you than you thought. And I thought that that was that was a success for me that this person had this feeling that she knows that whatever life throws at her that she has more in herself mm-hmm. than she knew and yeah that
0: that's that's you yeah, i have you ever heard of tony robbins i have okay yes. so he has this event called unleash the power within mm-hmm. and i have been to it virtually and in person and in person when you go on, at the end of the first day he has you go outside of the venue and they have set up all of these like a fire path mm-hmm. uh, and it's hot coal mm-hmm. and you're supposed to walk on it barefoot and he prepares you for it. He teaches you how to do it properly. All of those things. And it's funny because when you're when he, you're going through the exercise, um, he doesn't even really tell you beforehand like what you're going to feel. You know, I I don't think I don't remember him saying it because I just remember feeling the insight only after having the mind blowing moment after. But after I did it, I felt exactly what you just said. I felt like I I, it, I specifically remember saying to myself, "How dare I mm-hmm. complain?" about something? How dare I say I can't do something? How dare I not try? Like, I just walked on fire. Like, I mean, I've never done this in my entire life. I don't have like years of training that prepared me for this moment. I was able to figure this out and learn how to do it in an hour, mm-hmm. you know, that he walks us through all of these different things that we should know. And and I came out okay. And yeah, a few blisters and all that, but. That's okay. Like, you know, we made it. And so hearing that, I feel like, wow, you've created such an experience for people, which even if they don't win that competition, they are better off for having jumped in that water, knowing now that they get to go back to the office and say, I'm not scared of anything. Let's do it
1: exactly and it's like the way for you to also show others how dedicated you are to your cause that you're willing to even step into the icy waters for it that you really really believe in it so yeah
0: that's that's super cool and so just to you know before we go you know deeper into this conversation Tell us quickly about the polar bear pitch competition event, like tell us about the event, because I want listeners to because I have a feeling we're going to come back to this a bit. And I want them to just know what we're talking about. Clearly, they got the part about people jumping into the water. But tell us, you know, what's the the quick pitch on the event?
1: Okay, so imagine yourself like in a total like snow cold ice, nothing else but that and the stage is there, it's carved in front of you like you mentioned Mm -hmm. that it was already frozen. Uh, And then you just have uh, unlimited time to pitch you climb down a ladder and you are almost about your waist level in the freezing cold water. And you can just like pitch your company for as long as you can. And there is a jury around you who are going to be, you know, scoring your presentation, but uh, not, not presentation, but the pitch yeah. and then also your product. And there's audience. It's live streamed uh, on a, like a TV quality, broadcasted live to different places. Uh, Yeah, and then you go to sauna, you go to a hot uh, jacuzzi afterwards, Mm -hmm. it's relaxing, you get to also mingle with the investors in a very low casual uh, environment, like the investors, they have wanted to jump in also, they might go to the sauna. So it's very like low hierarchy, in a sense, and very like a different type of atmosphere where in many other startup competitions. And I Mm -hmm. think that's part of the Finnishness about it, that we don't really have a whole lot of hierarchy here. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I captured it. Uh, I mean I think <laughs> you
0: did. And and I can uh, and, and I don't know how this was organized, but there's also um, talks and presentations mm-hmm. during the day. Yes. So the the competition in the water is kind of the finale, right? It's like the grand finale and all of the people who made it to that round will be the ones jumping in the water to present in front of the the judges. And then, you know, they get their scores and all of that. But before that, there's talks and workshops and, you know, all of that. There's a conference.
1: Yeah, there's a conference, there's a place for networking, Mm -hmm. learning new things. Um, Yeah, exactly. So like the regular conference then done, like that's kind of like a business unusual way, Mm -hmm. the uh, pitching competition.
0: All right, cool. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure we had that so that people understand that. But going back to success and talking about it so you told me about your definition of success today if you go back however many years you want to go back was there a time where you had a different definition of success and if so what was that definition how did that look
1: I think maybe the definition of success was something like you know once I graduate I'll land a job I'll in that job until I retire. I mean, I'll I'll live this very like uh, predictable life, and that's mm-hmm. a success. Maybe it was more like that. Okay. But as I mentioned, in the Finnish mindset, you don't really think about yeah <laughs> the success all that much.
0: You're not thinking in terms of I'll make the most money in the no. world and no, no, I'll no. be the CEO of the no. company. But you did think like, hey, I'll find the job at a company. Yeah. I will maintain this stable career. Yeah. You know, I guess build a family. Yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. Okay. That part, yeah, that makes sense. And then, but now it's you see it a little bit differently you mm-hmm. you definitely if i feel like your definition of, of success has expanded to the experiences of others around you as well so it's not even about mm-hmm. you it's about the experience of other people around you let's talk about you know a, a, um, a moment that you experienced along your journey uh, maybe it maybe it was an, a major accomplishment maybe it was a major failure however you want to pick this but a moment where you knew that life would never be the same again one of these moments that just changes everything about you where you just say, wow, I know something now that has just I just unlocked something in in my understanding of the world and life and life will never be the same again. I will never be the same.
1: Yeah, that's a very deep question. But I would say one of those moments uh, is related to these events being born, because I remember very precisely the moment when this Eureka came into my mind and when I made the call to my colleague that was the moment because you know it was the break it or make it uh, make it moment he could have said that no it's like a crazy idea it's like like silly idea like why are you like thinking of even that but the thing was that there was this one person who believed in the idea and he was so like this is like the craziest thing you've suggested but it's so crazy that we have to do it so you kind of like have to have the support of someone else and so it kind of like it's the same way when you're doing like I don't know if you've ever done a snowman or snow castle out of a small ball mm-hmm. you kind of like can do a little bit on your own but it gets so heavy that you need the support of the other people around so I knew at that moment that since he was always like sensing what are the flaws of some idea and how it could be developed further that when he was immediately like, OK, we have to do it. So I just had this feeling that it's going to be amazing. It's going to like it was very clear. The vision was clear what we're about to do. Yeah. But then again, we didn't know we had no I didn't have any experience in producing events in a mm-hmm. snow environment, uh, in a hole carved in the ice. But, you know, you just had it so clearly that this is what it, it's going to be. And and then you worked your way around it.
0: So after it seems like then after an experience like that, you know that if you can find someone to do something with you Mm -hmm. you could bring the craziest ideas to life it's just a matter of finding someone
1: exactly that's a
0: massive breakthrough yeah because i think you know i I don't know again the the cultures are different but in the u.s very individualistic type Mm -hmm. of culture right you know uh, uh, the lone wolf the Mm -hmm. person who figures it out on their own and all of that and so when you think about it that way and i i had a Adopted that mindset as well, because I thought that's the way it was supposed to be, you know And I too have discovered that no with with a team working with others You make it so much farther and it's so much more fun You know to do it with others and I'm, I'm getting that from your story that it was just a, more exciting You know that you got to find this person who was willing to say, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah It's it's really exactly like you put it like I know that if I were alone it would have ever never existed. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have even the skills. I didn't even know what angel investor is. So, you know, if you're wanting to have investors, you need someone who knows how the community works. You need to like, you know, you need to have someone who has more expertise than you. Yep. And together you can build something great. And it was kind of like a massive snowball effect because we got the city of Oulu on board. I don't know like how we got it. We were just so enthusiastic about the idea. We were managed to gather some funding to execute the idea from like, uh, we got the idea in October and then the first event was already in February. Mm-hmm. So we had like four months time to, to really do it and figure out how to do it. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Like even the first ones, we had some international participants and, and uh, times also from London. They had heard about us and they came to our event and we're like, what's happening?
0: How many years now has the event,
1: Uh, the event. well, we were kind of like on a break uh, because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. But uh, after like before COVID, that was like the seventh. uh, You had done seven. Yeah, that was like seven times. So the first one was Uh, 2014. Oh, 14. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That was the first time. Got it. Okay.
0: Let's talk about, you know, on the journey to reinvention, there are a lot of difficult moments there. There are times that. I have found in interviewing people, but I've also experienced this firsthand where we don't necessarily do by day a job that necessarily lights us up and, and all of that. And and I think that there's this misconception that the you know, if you're doing the journey to reinvention right, everything you do is perfect and amazing. And what I have found is that it's not necessarily that everything I do is perfect and amazing, but it's that. There are areas of my life that are amazing, that I have found a way to bring some balance. You know, if something drains me, I find something to fuel me. Let's talk a little bit about those things that fuel us, because I feel like that is more empowering in the sense that it shows us we have the ability to control and and to control other parts of our lives, even if there are some that we can't. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on because the way you talk about the polar bear pitch competition, you can't help but smile uh, like crazy, like the whole time. Like you're constantly smiling when you talk about that. And, and I get that because I know how it is like when I talk about certain things, when I talk about teaching math and all of those things, like I have this massive smile and I love it. Uh, so clearly this is something that charges you up. Um, tell me about this idea of charging the battery.
1: It's interesting that you pointed it out because I hadn't really noticed that it is something that I miss in a sense, this type of doing, because my current work, I don't think that I get the same kind of sensation, same kind of charging batteries from that. But this is the kind of what I I really miss the interaction with people and like. Uh, Going a little bit off script, like improvising a lot because at Polar Bear Pitching, you really needed to improvise because it wasn't like the regular event, like as you mentioned, the stage can be re-frozen and anything can happen. So I kind of like mill that miss that thrill, that adventure, and the energy that you get from other people, like how you're always constantly creating something together with a person when you're discussing, and you're having these insights, like, Oh, like, just now, like, I was like, Oh, yeah, that's the energy that I miss. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I think that, you know, for me, there's an event called Startup Weekend that I know you're familiar with, where people come together and spend a weekend learning how to bring a business idea from concept to creation. And I've become a facilitator for this around the world. I've I've done, uh, I think now 85 events of these around the world. And this is an event that charges me teaching math charges me. And I, I wasn't always doing a day job that fueled me up or that charged me in this way. Sometimes I had a day job that drained me more than it charged me, but by having other areas of my life that, that charge me, I feel like we can create that that balance. And so I feel like and, and you know there, I was just thinking about something my wife said to me before I came on this trip. And when so we, we have a 10 month old baby and and it's uh, I, this is the longest. I, I, I did go away for about four days once, um, but that's been it. And this is the first time I, I've now going away for like nine days the so longest trip since having her. And the day before the trip, my wife was like, how do you feel? Are you excited about the trip tomorrow? And I said, I don't want to go. I really don't want to go. I don't want to be away from Sophia. I don't want to be away from you. And she said, no, that's okay. Don't worry. Like, I, I get, I get why you're saying that, but she said, but also remember that these events charge you up. They, they fuel you. They provide you with a fuel that lasts not just a week, but this fuel will last you a couple of months and. And that's why you go on these, you know, trips. That's why you do this because you draw energy from the crowd. You draw energy from the people that you serve and that you help and all of that. So, you know, we will be waiting here for you in 10 days or 9, 10 days. So don't worry. Um, But go, go get fueled up. Come back. You're going to have an amazing two months after that because you took that week. So you need that every now and then. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I do. And I feel like, you know, it's you're feeling this now talking about Polar Bear Pitch as something that obviously it's been a little while since you've talked about it this much, and and it's bringing you this, or it's reminding you, I guess, that it was your charger.
1: Yes, that is true. You're like completely right on that. And it kind of like reminds me a lot that that's what I miss. That's what I now need to be searching for. Like I need to find the battery that charges me and kind of like what it is so that I can then give also in other circumstances uh, from myself to, to others.
0: What is something else that charges you?
1: I have still kind of like tried to find to my life some other people that I can help. They have their projects. They have something that they're needing advice or, you know, someone to kind of like help them go to the next uh, stage. And I've been kind of like mentoring, coaching, and I really uh, like enjoy that. I'm kind of like just in my zone and trying to kind of like help these people. And there's this one uh, story that happened. I just realized it now why it was so meaningful for me. I met this one uh, lady in a completely different city online. like never met her in person Uh, and then it turned out that she was an artist or an art like who paints but she Mm -hmm. hadn't ever had an uh, art exhibition but that was something that she wanted to do and then I realized that uh, oh I actually know a cafeteria in her city that uh, used to have like um, they had a cafe here in Oulu and they had art on the cafe and it had just opened there in uh, that city and I kind of like made the connections. I helped her to organize an event, an arts event of her first and she was super excited about it. A lot of people came. She started to sell her paintings more and more and got more confidence and I was like I haven't ever even been to that city but I just knew a person there and I was at the right place at the right time that I could help her kind of like on her path. And that kind of takes me a lot yeah. to help someone. But maybe I should also find what takes me, myself, <laughs> to get the...
0: Yeah, you know. I mean, but but that recharges you. That, yeah, fuel, that, gi- that gives you fuel. And yeah. I think that, it, I think the key is also to be aware of those things. Um, because, you know, the journey to reinvention, I often say, is in just incredibly uncertain. Mm-hmm. And there are ups and there are downs. And I think that, And and there are ups and downs in everything. And but what I think makes the journey to reinvention, when you're when you're walking it intentionally, what what makes it special or advantageous, even in those down moments, Mm -hmm. is that one area might be down. It might be a big area, but you have other areas that are aligned Mm -hmm. because you can't control everything. You know, I've I've been uh, laid off. I've been fired. I've been divorced. All of these things happen along my journey to reinvention from the moment where I say like, that was when I intentionally started doing it. And I often talk about how those moments were not, did not devastate me. They were tough moments. They tested me, pushed me to my limits, but they never fully devastated me. They didn't completely destroy me. And I think it's because I had these other things that charged me up. At times it was tutoring math. I remember that tutoring math was something, even when I stopped teaching, I couldn't stop tutoring because tutoring just brought me this joy. I stopped doing it for a while. And I actually, uh, this earlier this year, uh, someone who, who had read my book, actually, uh, the, the person who, um, who cleans our home, She uh, i had given her a copy of my book and she had read and she saw that I used to be a math teacher. And she said, my son actually uh, lost, you know, his math tutor is not available anymore. And uh, can you tutor him? And I'm like, oh, wow. She's like, I know, according to the book, it's been a while, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe you still do that. And I said, I haven't done it in a while, but I would love to do it. And so I got to, I got back into it. Oh my gosh, talk about charging my batteries. That was, and I would always do that at the end of a day. So I I could argue I'm exhausted. I don't have time for this. I should rest and recover. I should go and watch some TV and just relax or, you know, or go for a walk or have a nice glass of wine. No. I'm sitting at the kitchen table with this kid who's in, you know, in middle school, sixth or seventh grade, and we're working on math and we're doing geometry or whatever the challenge is. I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. So I love that. I love that. What are some other things, uh, smaller things, even things that you could do on a daily basis that that can that help recharge you?
1: now long silence, <laughs> long long <laughs> pause <laughs> what could be those things but I, I really do think that it's about the interactions with other people yeah. I, I have some friends I go to have walks with I go to help out I hang out with some um youth of the area. I try to help them. I just I think it is about the other people, about helping the other people or sharing something that you have ongoing and listening to what's ongoing with other people's lives and just like being present with the people that you have around you. So that is something that definitely gives me energy. Mm -hmm. But it's a different type of energy than when you're like in the middle of creating something and you're just like getting this. Oh, this is what it turned out of it. And you're kind of like marveling the path yourself that oh now I see I know I see how everything is connected I see that I needed to you know not have a fixed job when I was 20 something I see that I kind of like had to have this something that let me down and kind of like or some injustices that happened but it kind of like fueled me in a sense also the injustices they kind of like give you the kind of energy to start doing things Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like not just always the positive things but it's also the negative things that can give you energy yes it's the kind of energy that you're kind of like i'm gonna show you well i'm gonna you know kind of like this resilient type of thing yes and in Finland, uh, we have this other attribute uh, called sisu. I don't know if you've heard about what sisu is.
0: I've heard of but, sisu because yeah. I saw there was a f- item on a menu, a food item on oh. a menu with, that was called sisu.
1: OK, sisu is kind of like a, a mindset, an attitude. Yeah. It's more than guts. It's more than perseverance. It's more than, you know, kind of resilience. It's this really like strong, innate drive to overcome the difficult times. Maybe it resonates from our history. I mean, we have inhabited one of the northernmost, you know, places on earth where there is snow and cold. So you constantly have to kind of like overcome challenging times. Yeah. And it's usually like Finns normally when a challenging time comes, that's when we're kind of like wide awake. That's when we're kind of like performing the best, mm-hmm. I would say. So it's this kind of like innate grit that comes in the very last minute when others would quit and yes. Then this sisu enters. So in that sense, I think that the the difficult times that happen they ignite that the, sisu power, and that's kind of like a f- huge force in us. That's
0: interesting. I like that. I, and by the way, I remember now the food. Mm-hmm. It was porridge.
1: Oh, it was porridge. It was porridge, oh. and
0: and I was with uh, I was with I was with someone who's Finnish, and he told me that. You know, they, they're, they're using, they're calling this porridge, uh, sisu, they're using that. Um, but he told me about this. He goes, he called it, it's a resiliency. It's like, mm-hmm. a and he goes, you know, when you think about the winter, mm-hmm. right? So porridge is like that food that helps keep you warm. And it's a very, you know, sustaining food and all of that. So uh, for for the winter ahead, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I thought, whoa, what an interesting application of that word to a food, I guess, to name your food that. But uh, this this concept, what you just mentioned, is is really interesting. It's something I want to remember because I also like just the, the sound of it. It's just mm-hmm. an interesting sound to like something I could say to myself quickly. Yeah. You know, like it's Sisu time, you know, exactly. <laughs> like it <laughs> I just banged the table. Uh, it's Sisu time, you know, and I can mm-hmm. really get into that.
1: Yes, exactly. So you got the point.
0: There. I love it. <laughs> Boom. Perfect. Let's talk about let's talk about beliefs. You know, there's empowering beliefs, there's disempowering and limiting beliefs. Can you share with me an empowering belief you have today? Something that helps you as you navigate life, a belief?
1: Yeah. Well, I strongly believe that anything that happens, there is a purpose. Like there's a like a lesson that we can learn. And I can kind of like, if it's something that happens that didn't go according to how I wanted it to go, but I can still think about that. well, what can I learn from yeah. it? What can I learn from this situation? Or something that happens that you don't really necessarily understand, but then later on in life you see that, oh, that was meant to happen. So I'm kind of like, that is one of the kind of like drivers. So whatever mm-hmm. happens, you're kind of like always finding the positive thing, that mm-hmm. there is something, there is a lesson, there is a silver lining in the end. Uh, Also another thing is uh, that you have to start doing things. Like uh, you don't have to have like a perfect plan or anything like that. But I think that, that when you have the mindset of like taking the first step, Like coming here today is kind of like a big step for me out of the blue. All of a sudden I'm here. I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. But, you know, I just knew that I have to take the step Mm -hmm. and you have to do like there's always some kind of a solution is there. But it doesn't happen unless you do something. So you have to kind of like decide yourself and actively uh, take part. So that's kind of like a a belief system in a sense that it's kind of like reaffirms me that as long as I... Uh, do my part and really try to kind of like also pay attention to all the kind of like signs or cues or, you know, what's happening uh, and then react to that. Hmm. So uh, things will work out.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I think that's a really empowering belief for someone who's on the journey to reinvention because there's so much uncertainty
1: Mm -hmm.
0: on the journey to reinvention. It's not a path that has a that has a predefined path, you know, if. If I said I wanted to go from being a digital marketer to a different kind of marketer, you know, there's a path like that's not a we wouldn't use the word reinvention to say I've reinvented myself into a different marketer. Uh, but if I said I want to go from being a marketer to becoming a chef, that's a reinvention. And going from marketer to chef, there's no book that says how to go from being a marketer to becoming a chef, you know, in six months or less, there is no book like that. So there's no clear cut path. This belief that you just shared, I think is, I I mean, essential. I I almost want to say, like, we should be building a toolkit of beliefs that people must adopt in order to begin walking the journey to reinvention or pick up as they walk, because this one will come in handy. And I love this because when there's so much uncertainty to be able to say there's something i can take away from this even if it didn't work out the way i would have liked then you can be more at peace and i i've learned that as i've gone through the journey i've hit moments where things don't work out and i'm at peace with it i'm like i'm cool with that that's okay there's something that i'll probably learn from that or i probably have i just don't know it yet but It'll, it'll be activated later and I'll be glad that this moment happens. So I'm just going to trust in that. And a big part of that it, for me is also my my faith, my faith in God that, you know what, I truly believe that, you know, it will be taken care of. So it's not for me to know how everything has to work out. It's just for me to know that I just got to keep walking. I got to do my part. <laughs> my part is to keep walking. So I will keep on walking. And it. it I think when we reinvent ourselves, you know, we, we need to, Um, have a belief that allows us to be okay with the moments that we can't predict. And so I think that on the other side of that, though, can you tell me about a limiting belief, maybe one that you have overcome or one that maybe you're working on overcoming at the moment that you think holds you back?
1: Yeah. Um, There's actually a couple ones that I've been thinking. One is this um, assumptions. Assumptions that we have about ourselves or what is going to happen and assumptions are really interesting in a way that we kind of believe them, even though there's no fact, Mm -hmm. there's no evidence, but it's just something that we believe in, even though it's not true. Yeah. And there's a lot of assumptions that, for instance, uh, we have about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone else is better, more qualified. Why should I be doing that? You know, I'm not an expert. And this is something um, that actually I was battling with myself after saying yes, that I'll come to your uh, show or podcast. And I was like then thinking like, well, who am I to be there? Like, like what? do I have to offer? I don't have anything. I'm nobody. Like, you know, that there isn't anything someone else already knows or has a cooler story or, you know, something like that. So get this like negative uh, uh, tries to belittle yourself, this voice. But then it's kind of like I've noticed that it's it's an assumption. And why do I give power to that assumption? Because, you know, there may be someone who is uh, just like a regular ordinary Jill or Jack who is thinking about how to reinvent uh, him or herself, what to do differently, that we all have something to contribute. We all have our individual story. We all have some experiences and skills that only us have. And once we kind of like discover what the skills are and we collaborate with others who are also on the same path, you know, there can be remarkable things happening. So kind of like one of the things is that don't believe in that uh, inner critic. just believe that, you know, there's more to yourself than you know. Mm -hmm. And and there's a purpose, things happen. and, And you don't have to worry about like what's happening after 10 steps. It's just enough to know what happens the next next mm-hmm. step. That is enough. If you know the next step, then you make the next step. This is my yeah. next step. I don't know probably <laughs> further than this, but but, you know, that you just like you don't need to solve the entire picture. Yeah. Because it just evolves mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily go even to the direction that you think it's going. Yeah. But you just.
0: That's another limiting belief yeah. that, that you have to have the all 10 steps mapped out today yeah. in it's order to take the first step.
1: Exactly. That That's is, a limiting belief. That is, that is for many to, to kind of like have the perfect plan mm-hmm. so that I can then execute the plan. Yep. But you know, the circumstances changes, your whole environment changes, everything changes. You have to constantly like navigate. And I think that there's this one thing I noticed about polar bear pitching, because there's the ice hole, it's around, round, it's mm-hmm. like a ring and yep. we have a bear. So if you put the words together, bear and ring, what do you get it out of in English? You get bearing. Yeah. And can you tell like what is bearing? Like what does it mean? Bearing. Like you like
0: knowing your bearings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does it where, mean? yeah, like where, where you're located, your position.
1: Yes. And it's not constant. Like mm-hmm. it changes. It
0: changes as you move.
1: Yeah. It's kinda like a hot air balloon. Like yep. when you're in a hot air balloon. A lot of people think that life is like uh, navigating like in a GPS, like in mm-hmm. a car. You set the exact destination, the car goes like, you know, the road and mm-hmm. you can even have an automated drive and mm-hmm. it just goes to the destination. But that's not how life is. Life is like a hot air balloon that you take these bearings. You always have to navigate. What is the wind? What is the kind of like? You're always
0: readjusting. Yeah,
1: you, you have to readjust what is happening. And yes. is that even the right direction? And that's what we should adapt. We should take this kind of like a hot air balloon ride type of a view yeah. to life instead of like navigating a very yeah. clear
0: path. I've, I've heard this um, compared to uh, uh, someone has used an airplane. Mm-hmm. They're saying that an airplane doesn't fly a straight line an airplane is constantly making minor adjustments that no one feels inside. The passengers can't tell. But these without these adjustments, it does not get from point A to point B because that's just the nature of being up in the air, similar to a hot air balloon. You constantly have to do that. You know, I, I like what you said also about the if you if you think of like a like a Tesla, right? That drives itself, yeah, then it'll drive that path. But if let's say we take one step back and say, I'm using Google Maps to get from here to there, wherever there might be, and th- there's a, all of a sudden an accident on the, uh, on the road and I have to make a left turn, you know, the, the, the map is checking its bearings and it's rerouting. Mm-hmm. It's saying from here, how, can, how else can you get there? And I feel like that's you know similar in a way as well, right? Where we have to reassess and so, you know, to that end, I think what my thoughts on this whole steps one through 10 is like, I just want to know step one and two, maybe two. I mean, one is enough, I suppose, but, but knowing one and two might make me feel a little bit better. But I also know that once I take step one and two, I'll have a much better idea of how to get to three, three will probably become more obvious once I'm at two, but to try to plan three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 with knowing nothing again, reinvention, right? From marketing to becoming a chef. How am I going to know the 10 steps to becoming a chef? If I have nothing to do with the food world, I have no network in the food world. I don't have mentors in the food world. You know, so I got to take step one and then I'll then I'll let's just take it one step at a time. So I think that's a really uh, interesting way of looking at it.
1: Yeah, it's it's really how you put it, because it's even waste of time and energy to plan the three to ten steps Mm -hmm. because, you know, things will change.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So why like we change? Yeah, we change. We change too. Sense, everything changes. So yeah. why even invest your energy and time to those steps that you cannot influence? But mm-hmm. you can influence the first and the second. Yeah.
0: You were able to influence showing up here. Yeah. You oh, before that, you influenced overcoming the limiting belief mm-hmm. that challenged you to come here, the, you know, where you said, why me? Who am I to, yeah. you know, to help, you know, his audience? And you clearly overcame that, you showed up anyway, mm-hmm. you took it one step at a time, and now we're having a blast. Exactly. And I hope you're enjoying it yeah. as well and and, and and feeling that way too.
1: I thought that was limiting, um, kind of like with the steps still that it, you still need to know, you need to have like the why or a sort of like a vision. You need to have a vision where you're going, because otherwise your step might change any direction if you don't have any kind of clue where go, you're going to. Because with the air, hot air balloon, you set a target like you have. Like, I want to go approximately to that direction. It's not like I want to fly anywhere. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of like have to have that at least you, something, some kind of like light yeah. that guides you.
0: Yes, it, it has to be something even if it's a little foggy. Exactly. If you will. If or it's a little like a hazy. dimmer
1: of light, like a little bit of a glimpse.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, right, that's that's why uh, lighthouses are the mm-hmm. way they are. I mean, you it's not a clear light because it could be very foggy, yeah. but you still see some form of light. So, you know, just kind of go in that direction, however, or at least keep course correcting mm-hmm. in that direction. And, you know, you'll start to figure it out. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, this is something that you, you, you and I briefly talked about before we before the interview about where you are today, because, you know, so let's do a recap for a moment. You know, you 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 found you, you, you paved your way to becoming the founder of the Polar Bear Pitch event and competition. Um, you know, before the pandemic, there were seven instances of this event. So, you know, you had already created seven of these events. There hasn't been one since or was there one?
1: Um, no, this is it's. The first one is going to happen now next year. Next
0: year, right? Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, there was one during the COVID one. Mm -hmm. Like, we were the first event in Finland that had to cancel a week. That's right, because
0: when's the event? Usually, February? Uh, February, yeah. Yeah, so so you're right there. you were
1: right there. We're like the first event that had Mm -hmm. to cancel. We had seven days to reinvent the event because we had already people coming in. We had a program. We had a lot of invested money also and so forth. So we basically in seven days, we reinvented the entire concept, the mm-hmm. way that it can still be done, even though participants are not able to come here. And it was yeah. a lot of fun, but a lot of hassle. But still, that just proved the point that uh, things may change and you have to have a plan B, C, D, whatever. Yeah,
0: like. or whatever's needed or yeah. plan Epsilon. Exactly. I mean, who knows? It's not exactly. even on the alphabet. You're like, exactly. it's a different one altogether. Yeah. New alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> So then now, you know, here we are uh, a few years after the the pandemic, a few years after that one where you pivoted to virtual um, and you're looking ahead in life. You know, you're looking, you know, one of that's that's one of the reasons why I thought it was so great that we get to have this conversation because you are back on the journey. Right. So, you know. Reinvention. We we walk it. We get to a destination. We spend a little time there, and then we decide it's time to you know fi- uh, get to the next destination. And you are now in between destinations. You are in between legs to the reinvention. Tell me about this moment.
1: So so interesting that this happened just right now because literally last week and. I was really thinking that I need to reinvent myself. Like I really need to like find a new sort of direction, do something differently, do something else that I haven't done. And I've had this feeling for already a longer time, but it was like during this weekend, one friend of mine, like really like she pushed me to thinking that, well, have you thought about like would you need a change and what could it be? What could you be doing? What are you passionate about? What kind of like motivates you? And we had a like really interesting discussion. And now that I was coming here and uh, I found out about your book and the podcast and, and everything, it really resonated. And then I remembered that I actually have this one blue book. It's called my blueprint uh, because I put it uh, blueprint uh, so that Uh, it starts with, it's kind of like a journal. I'm just like writing there that I have this feeling that I have to do something else, but I don't know what it is. But this book, let it be my blueprint, that I'm building the blueprint as I'm going and kind of like making my observations there. But what I noticed was that it was kind of funny. It was three years ago that I had written in the book, (laughs) writing that now is the time to do something different. And it's three years has happened and I'm still kind of like in the same circle. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like a very timely manner for me to reflect that why haven't I done then anything? Why am I still in the same sort of like loop if I've already three years ago written down that- An intention to,
0: to reinvent.
1: Yeah, so like what's holding me back? What are the kind of like limitations or why don't I act Mm -hmm. as I preach? (laughs) So,
0: well, you know, so let's say this was a coaching session. Mm -hmm. I, I would not spend too much time exploring why or what happened in the last three years. I would say, okay, so those three years happened. But here we are. And this is an opportunity in a coaching session to look forward rather than looking backwards. You can reflect later without me with friends, other people. But I always say as your coach, I want to help you look forward in a very constructive way, in a in a way where you can map out actions and and feel empowered to take some sort of action and all that. So if we're looking ahead, what what do you want to do next?
1: I want to create something. Okay. That's like something I really want to create. That's mm-hmm. like so, to create, that's where you hit the state of flow. And I want to be, uh, working with people I want to be somehow helping uh, kind of like um, helping people grow and glow <laughs> does okay. that make any sense
0: which people do you want to help grow and glow Who? Uh, give me an example of a type ah, of person that's
1: a good one also uh, n- yeah maybe I also want to help maybe companies or who ha- have some problems to figure out how to overcome the, the challenges. I don't know. This but let's go
0: with the grow and glow. The, I like this. Glow. All right. Yeah. So grow and glow. You said you want to help people grow and glow. Give me an example of of someone who you would enjoy, really enjoy helping to grow and glow like it would just. Oh, my gosh. If the day ended and that person grew and glue, grew, <laughs> grew and glowed, <laughs> grew and glowed. <laughs> <laughs> You would just say that was an amazing day. Like, who's that person? And take and take a moment, take a moment, because we're treating this like a coaching session right now, so take a moment.
1: Okay, this is a little bit uh, not the kind of answer that I thought that I would have, because uh, I really love helping other people and that's where investing a lot of time. But I never help myself. And that's what, uh, let me, I'll I'll just tell you what, what it means. I, as I was talking about this with my friend and she was asking me like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, like completely blank. I don't know. But if it were some other person, I would know what to tell to Mm -hmm. that person, what would be the next step or how she or he could kind of like be exploring. But when it's about myself, it's not as exciting. It doesn't excite me that yeah. much. It, uh,
0: so. It's it's not objective. Yeah, it's no longer objective. Yeah. it's different when when it's objective.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. It,
0: you can get excited about exactly. something. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, you're exi- I think I'm gonna take a, a little, uh, make a little assumption here, but I think you're also excited because it's it's someone else and yeah. and you want to help. And Mm -hmm. and that's that's psychological that when we step outside of ourselves to help others and others become part of the mission, we will actually do more for others than we will do for ourselves. We will find ideas, strength, you know, whatever it takes, if it's for someone else. Versus, you know, that's why people say, don't do as I do, do as I say, (laughs) (laughs) because I'm giving you better advice than I actually take for myself. I don't do it for myself. But for you, I want that for you because I, you know, I I want you to have a better life than I have. So so I, I can totally understand how. It's not a. It's not the same when you have to look inside, you know, into yourself.
1: But then again, sometimes it's really needed because that is the way when you discover more about yourself, about maybe some hidden skills or talents mm-hmm. or assumptions that you have, and when you overcome them, that is when you enter into the next state of your re- reinventing mm-hmm. yourself. Because there are these assumptions that kind of like keep certain doors closed. Yep. It's kind of like, you know, why would I do something else because I have a fixed position, you know, I have at this time of need, Mm -hmm. there's a salary coming in, Um, maybe kind of move some other place because the kids are here, they have their friends and, you know, you you have all of these kind of like comfort zone reasons. And, um, but when you start to break those assumptions that are everything really the way how you think they are, that might actually lead me to the next door Mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to be entering in. But I kind of like need to figure it out myself. And in that sense, I feel that it's also important uh, to find out what really is The thing that ticks me Mm -hmm. and where do i get that energy from that is a good question that you asked earlier Mm -hmm. that i should kind of like be reflecting more on that Mm -hmm. like what is it that i get fueled up and what charges me yeah and then you can kind of like have more balance in your life to Mm -hmm. do also the stuff that is not as fueling up
0: yeah and and you know what also the by answering that question or practicing or figuring it out and Mm -hmm. testing it I think you also find opportunities for what could be the next chapter mm-hmm. of your professional reinvention of your professional journey to reinvention. You know, for me math my my what math made me feel when I would tutor somebody after enough time of doing that I realized I want to do this full time. It doesn't pay as well. It's not going to have the same level of prestige as my current corporate career. But that doesn't really matter. Uh, what matters is oh, I enjoy this so much and it really lights me up. So how can I continue to do this, you know, for a longer period of time? And so let me find a way to do this. And, you know, I would find different ways to, to do that. And that helped me. So I made the, the recharger became the, the full time, mm-hmm. you know, for a period of my life and all that. Um, but, you know, one thing that helps me answered the question that you were saying, one thing I do is uh, I launch different projects. I launch different experiments, and those things help me get to know myself better. I get involved in different things outside of my domain. That always helps me to get to know myself better, Uh, even if that thing is not going to have anything to do with my career or my life. But the fact that I did it for a little while, I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I discovered something about myself along the way, and that that tends to that tends to help me. What what are you doing at the moment, or what can you be doing at the moment? Um, maybe in the next week or two, that you could start, that you believe could help you, maybe get more clarity around a future step.
1: Yeah, I've actually uh, started it out so that I've uh, tried to listen to myself, and then mm. not just to listen, but then I write down. What is it that I sort of hear or feel? Yeah. And it's really important to really try to listen because we try to fill our times with all kinds of things uh, like... Other voices. Other voices. Yeah. But then we don't stop and listen. And that's what I've been trying to actively now practice, this skill of listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not hearing voices, let's put it like that. But, yeah. you know, this innate feeling yep. and the sort of like... Uh, voice, uh, people can call it like intuition. Some people may call it with like a higher power. There can be like different types of interpretations. But in any case, that's what they're doing, writing things down, also trying to kind of like, ah, because I I know that I need to make the decision. Mm -hmm. It's not that someone else comes and makes the decision and tells me that, Mia, this is like the path for you. Life doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. But it's my decision, my life, and I am accountable for it. And I'm also kind of like, uh, I'm making the decisions. And then once I make the decision, things can start evolving. Because I have a sort of like a clear direction where I want to go. I've set my bearings that that's the the way I want to go. And I know that whenever I get that figured out, I will find a way to do it because, yeah. you know, I have this experience. It's always happened like that, that when you just like start doing things, it just somehow <laughs>
0: becomes something, becomes yeah.
1: something. I don't yeah. know if well, it's, it's necessary. Like, well, for, it's like we said, it's yeah. like
0: you start the hot air balloon,
1: exactly,
0: you get you move a little well, mm-hmm. now you will have to respond to the environment at that step exactly. and then you will move a little bit more. And before you know it, you're at step two, three, four, yeah. five, whatever that might be.
1: Yeah. So I'm right now in the state of listening. And I think mm-hmm. also this kind of thing that you have this random meeting people randomly. Yeah. And it's these encounters that you think that, okay, well, actually, now I understand. I, I need to think about that. I need to think about that. And kind of like it, it's really important to talk with other people and mm-hmm. hear their perspective. and. That's one way of trying to calibrate where to go. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I like what you. I think it's interesting this idea you said about you know we we spend so much time listening to other people's voices, mm-hmm. and and we don't take enough time to listen to our own, and and this is something that I've started thinking about lately uh, on on my journey to reinvention, as I look to reinvent this business and take it to another level, I I realized I was in this moment or I, for a period of time, I was listening almost exclusively to other people's voices. I was, you know, watching YouTube videos, taking courses, um, you know, listening to the, you know, audio programs that some of these people have who teach about business and online business and all this kind of stuff. And I was doing everything that they were teaching. You know they said oh you've got to build a court a digital course that's a thing that needs to be done but that didn't feel right um, oh you have to have masterminds or coaching has to be the way and all of these things and I, and I realized i just hit this moment where i realized uh you know a lot of these things that i've tried have not worked what do they all have in common and what i realized they all had in common was they they were all something that someone else said but what do i and then none of them felt right so then what does feel right? Well, there was only one way to find out. I had to ask me, what do I want to do? And as I started thinking about what I wanted to do, you know, I started to get answers that were not what everyone else is teaching. And then I thought to myself, holy crap, I've been spending all this time listening to other people for a, a, for a period of time. I, I, I really invested heavily because I was entering a space where I, I didn't know a lot about this space, about, you know, building a digital business and all of that. And so I thought I had to look to others and that's, and I was doing that. And, and now I, I don't watch those videos anymore. I don't do those courses. I don't even want to read those books. My, I no, I'm done. I'm done listening to other voices for a little while. I'm not saying that, you know, I will forever stop. I will never listen to another voice again. I'm just saying that it's, I'm done for a little while. It's time to listen to myself, to, to go with what I feel is right. I'm the one talking to the customer. I'm the one in front of the the people that I'm working with and so I I have to trust that I I know something <laughs> and that I don't have to rely on all these other people all the time and yeah this is something I've been exploring lately. I I, I didn't realize how how much credibility or not I don't, that's not the wrong word just how much emphasis or or importance I was placing or value I was placing on other people's like teachings and all of that. And I've realized that, you know what, there, I need more balance in that. And I need to, you know, so for a little while I'm tipping the scale completely because I spent a little too much time listening to that. Again, I think that there is a good balance, but I was way too deep into other people's stuff.
1: That's that's so uh, exactly what I've also been thinking and it's finding this right balance because you need to have the e- expertise from someone who has walked before you yep. who already has made the mistakes you don't have to necessarily do all the same mistakes but then again like uh it's individual circumstances still it's kind of like a boat right like Uh, you can learn from the courses like how to navigate a boat. You can get all that information from someone who knows more and it's vital for you. Like I cannot go sailing because I don't have that knowledge Mm -hmm. at the moment. So I really need to have that information. And I also uh, can find like maps about where the shallows are or where the rocks are. That's important information. But then once I would be sailing, uh, there, It cannot be another voice telling me that right now you steer the course like that or you do that because the circumstances change, the wind mm-hmm. changes, the wave changes. They're never exactly the same. So then I have to be on my own, listening to my own voice mm-hmm. and kind of like steering the path. But I just have to have the skills before, so that's what yeah. you were doing when you were listening to the yeah. other other. I like this metaphor. I
0: yeah. like this metaphor. I think that I can. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even more meta on mm-hmm. this. So I think that what was happening in my case was that it wasn't that I had said I want to learn sailing and now I have to go listen to these voices who can teach me about sailing. I think it was that I I was one step before that. The voices were telling me to do sailing. And I wasn't even sure. So like thinking about the courses, right, the voices said the experts said instead of sailing, they said, do courses, do this, do coaches, uh, do coaching, do that, but uh, whatever it is. And that was not like the, the, the fact that you chose sailing. That was your voice telling you, I want to learn how to sail. And now I can listen. But even then, to your point, at some point, you just got to start sailing. And that's going to have to be response. You have to be responsive to your environment, your circumstances. And the course can't dictate everything you do in sailing. It can show you the basics, the foundations. But now you're off in sailing. Go figure out how to navigate the wind. Exactly yeah, this is interesting. I really like that metaphor um, because you could take it a step back and you can go deeper as well. And and I feel like for a long time, I was on the step back version. I was picking things that I was not even that were not interested in and also were just not relevant for the problem that I was trying to solve. And now I'm listening to myself a little bit more. In fact, even just put investing more time Uh, In and more effort and more money into building out this School of Reinvention platform based on interviews with people. A big part of that is because I don't believe the solution to reinvention is a course. I don't believe it's a book. I don't believe it's coaching. I think these things can help a little, very little, but I don't think they help enough to make them worth investing too much time into. In fact, if I like the book that I wrote, the books that I'm working on, they, while I think they will help people, I think that they are more helpful to me in terms of being able to extract or be a better interviewer because now I have my ideas organized, so I know what I want out of my guest. <laughs> so I feel like the book is really for me more than it is even for uh, for for the audiences. I think there's something there that helps, but the problem to reinvention that I find, and, and perhaps you can expand on this and tell me about how you experience this, but what I have found, I've lived it, and what I've heard from my clients is that the challenges of reinvention can can come up at any time of the day. It's not like any one skill, it's not any one, certificate or thing that they need. It's not any one challenge necessarily. It's that I I woke up today and I started doubting that I could move in that direction or I woke or in the middle of the day, I felt like I uh, felt imposter syndrome or at the end of the day, I just thought I need to give this up. It's not working. It's not working. So I need to give this up and the problems of reinvention are so different. They can happen at any time of the day, and that's the real thing that holds you back from reinvention. It's, it's those little things that happen throughout the day that after weeks and months of that, you give up, and then there is no reinvention. And so I believe content is one solution to that, is a more effective solution than than coaching or a course, because through content, social media content, blogs, podcasts, videos, we we let's face it this is how we live life we we consume this stuff throughout the day and i love when i find a post on social on instagram let's say where i say to myself i needed to read that today and i love writing back to the author of that post and saying i needed to read that today thank you for posting this i needed that today i needed that exact message today that the right message found me at the right time and that's what drives me and my team. Now we talked about this, and we said, "This is what we're. This is our north star. We want every day for people to feel like something that was posted found me at the right time, and and I'm good. Like I can move forward again. I can continue walking. How do you like what? 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 Hold, what's standing in your way right now? What's holding you back? I mean. It's- This is the part where maybe we do look back a little bit in terms of those three years since you wrote that blueprint in your blueprint notebook.
1: And it's also interesting. um, I did this TEDx talk uh, maybe three years ago also, Mm -hmm. and it ends in those words. What's holding you back? (laughs) (laughs)
0: And now I'm turning around on (laughs) you. You're
1: turning around into me. I think it is... uh, We're kind of like living in this type of world where we think that we're constantly in a rush of doing something like there's rush i have to be doing that there's no time for me to think today but tomorrow i have time to think and then tomorrow comes and there's something else and then you think that okay well i'll be thinking about the following day when i'm in a better mood or so that doesn't ever happen unless Mm -hmm. you really carve out some time for that thinking. And unless you really, really start to be kind of like listing those things down, like, well, what is holding me back and what do I aspire to do? But I was also thinking that it's about the attitude because you mentioned that, uh, you know, regardless of what you read or, uh, you know, you have the skills, but something stops you. So maybe that is then the question of the attitude, that do you have the grit or the perseverance to keep on going when it's not uh, very clear what to do Mm -hmm. next or when you don't have the energy? And I think it goes back to attitude. And the attitude is really the power that changes our behavior, changes our world view, It changes also the actions that we take and it's kind of like a lot about the attitude and I find it really interesting I'm I'm sure you know uh, Carol Dweck's uh, growth mindset uh, Mm -hmm. book about how there's like fixed mindset and then there's growth mindset and the fixed mindset really wants to kind of like be sure of everything before like doing anything and really like doesn't want to go Beyond the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But then, if we're able to develop more this kind of like growth mindset, the attitude that kind of like uh, we have the courage to say that, well, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to try anyhow. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really powerful thing that type of attitude yeah. to get it.
0: So, I'm going to ask you a question What's holding you back? What? What, what are you thinking, feeling? What are you feeling uh, as, as you go through the days? Even think of the last week even. Don't even try to think a year ago or two years ago, but even a week ago.
1: I think it's kind of like, I'd like to think that I have this growth mindset, but mm-hmm. actually in the end, I might be more on the fixed mindset side okay. because that's kind of like the comfort zone there. Yep. Uh but that's the thing is that people are not either or, yep. and that's the false assumption that we have about all kinds of things is that I, I'm not good at that or, you know, I am more like that. But we're not. We're kind of like there's so many sides to us and it depends on the challenge ahead or whatever we have. It's like we need both of the type of mindsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we need to be on the safe side and not just act on every impulse that we have. That wouldn't be very wise either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like finding the balance. And you also talked about the balance. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still uh, not answering to your question. Still, oh, I love
0: how, how hard you're trying to, <laughs> to, to dance around it, to teach me something instead of telling me what you're thinking. But you started to. Yeah. I, I, think, I got something. You, yeah. you, you, you're, starting to, you're wondering that maybe... There, there's a bit more of a fixed mindset in you than you'd like to admit or that you'd like to believe you have because you know that you will need a growth mindset to move forward. And, and you know, this is an area of research that I, I've done a lot of uh, growth mindset and fixed mindset um, and a lot of uh, Carol Dweck's research on motivation for when I taught math. This was super important in how I approach students um, in terms of the language I use in the classroom and all of that. And what you said is absolutely right. Uh, I mean, we are complicated, you know, um, um, humans, uh, we're, we're complicated uh, creatures. There are there's things that are fixed and there, there's ways that we look at the world fixed and ways that we looked at it from a growth mindset. You know, when I when I talk about this in some groups, I will um, share an, I will ask the group, how many people here believe in love at first sight? Oh, and and I don't know how it is in Europe, but in the US, lots of hands go up. I go, awesome, cool. Then you're all fixed mindset people. Wait, what? No, no, we're growth mindset. And I'm like, no, you're fixed mindset. Only a fixed mindset person would go on a first date and say, nope, that's not the person. And never call that person back and completely ghost them. That's a fixed mindset because you believe that it's either there or it's not there. And, and, And it only takes one interaction to figure that out. So but I go, but this is where, you know, to your point, it's like, but we have this for some things we're fixed and for some things we're not. And it sounds like you you feel that right now the fixed mindset is maybe applying is is manifesting itself where it's it's showing itself in an area where you need a growth mindset. What is what is something that you believe is fixed? That needs to be growth.
1: Uh. Can you repeat the question? So,
0: so what's what's so let's get specific, I guess, is the point is. So what is something that right now you're, you're feeling is more fixed that if 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 it wasn't fixed, you would have an easier time moving forward?
1: I think it has to do something about like fear of like not really knowing Exactly. Even though yeah. I've been talking the whole time that you don't have to know. Yeah. But then again, I feel that what is missing is that I don't have it clear what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you don't have a very clear star or clear sort of like vision, because you can take there's a million roads yeah. that you can take and kind of like to just figure out, like, what is the direction? What type of things I'd like to do as I think maybe it can be also the fear of like maybe making the wrong decision out of all those doors that Mm -hmm. you have in front of you. But then again, I also know that if you enter a door and it's not what you're looking for, there's always, you can come back mm-hmm. and you can try another road. I also remember there was this one time in my career when I was thinking that I would love to do something like design, like, I don't know, interior design. That's fun and, you know, I could do it for work. And I helped uh, this one person open up her cafeteria mm-hmm. with the interior design, just like for fun. Yeah. And uh, then uh, after that, uh, some interior designer contacted me and said that, you know, I heard that you're doing this kind of thing and you know would you like to maybe I have some project that's here and there and then he gave me like an assignment and I remember that I was so excited yeah I get to do this this is what I thought that I would be doing. But once I was doing it, I realized that I don't have the skills. I don't have. I I don't have the education at all. Like you need to have like a mm-hmm. bit some sort of an understanding. Uh, visual eye isn't just enough for that. Yeah. And I re- realized that it just takes too much time. I mean, I can design something,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: uh, is it? Uh, really smart if it takes me like a week to design something where someone could be doing it in a little bit less of a time. You know that because um, I don't have everything that is there and I just felt that it's not right. It was just constantly like I got to try it. I got to experiment what it would be mm-hmm. like and I just like noticed that this is not this is not for me. I just knew it yeah. and then it kind of like led to these other projects. Mm-hmm. But I had this opportunity to just like try it out. hmm So, um, but maybe also with this one is the same as well. So that I'm kind of like still figuring out that what is the direction to go. And I think that that's also for many people. They have the feeling that something needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. But then again, you can't really pinpoint what it is. And that is where you actually like have to... It's also the similar way as you're doing like design thinking type of things that you have to really spend a lot of time in the empathy phase mm-hmm. and like really figuring out what is the real problem. Yep. Uh, and that's also when we're reinventing ourselves that we don't just rush into solutions. The solution mm-hmm. building phase, when we don't have enough of understanding of uh, what is really yeah. ongoing and what is really the problem or is there even a problem?
0: Yeah. I I have spent three years in the empathy phase Mm -hmm. to bring to for the school of reinvention i i've run countless experiments everything events courses i've built programs i've built coaching that i've done so many things you know um articles i've written Talks I've delivered, my gosh, the list goes on and on of everything that I have done to learn more about the customer, to get in front of them, to talk to them, to hear from them and understand what it, to test different solutions. Like, what's the real problem here? And it is and and that started in uh, the summer of 2020. And we are now at the be- end of the summer or, you know, now the beginning of the fall of 2023. So it took me three years because it was only this summer that it finally hit me. I know who the customer is, I know what the problem is, and I know what we need to build in order to solve that problem. And so yeah, you know, I think that 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 is totally a part of it. And and maybe that's where you are right now. It sounds like that's where you are. You're, you know, you're you're in the empathy phase. And and so I think the question is, what have you done before that worked for you when you were in this phase? What have you done that has helped you get more clarity and learn more and all of that and i think you you know what you've done you know think about what it took to get to the point where you brought you know polar bear pitch to life you know like how did you get there i'm sure that there were things that happened along the way um, that you can extract and say oh something similar is happening you know one thing that i recently discovered working with my coach was that one, one of the reasons why I felt so because I, I actually almost felt like it was time to quit this before the summer, right before mm-hmm. the summer, um, before I had the breakthrough. I It's funny how close we are to success when we think about quitting. And I was I, I thought that, no, this is not working. Like, I am not figuring this out. I am not figuring out what the real problem is. Maybe there is no problem that can be pinpointed to come up with a solution. Maybe there is no real way to do this. And I was starting to, you know, think that maybe it was time to to quit and maybe even go, you know, find another way to earn a living. And, uh, you know, and it was a moment. The reason for this moment was because uh, I was running out of cash. So I was like, you know, I got to make a decision here because if I'm going to invest more savings into this, I, you know, and I wasn't even considering that because I really thought that this is not going to work out, but working with my coach, She helped me go back to one of my old reinventions to when I became a math teacher and and kind of relive some of that. And as I was reliving that, I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm experiencing something similar. It's just taking me a little longer than it did last time. Um, But that doesn't mean that it's been any less productive um, because I did learn a lot. And I realized that it, it when we start another reinvention, we can feel all the things it's almost as if you're you're a beginner again except you're really not uh but uh, but you are again in the sense that all those feelings happen again the fixed mindsets all of those things come back and and i realized that's okay that means that i'm in the place where (laughs) i need to be to reinvent myself but now the question is what can i pull from what i've done that helped me to not take longer this time or to do it more effectively this time. And that's what my coach helped me do. She helped me go back and extract a few ideas and stories. And when I started thinking about those, I go, oh, my gosh, I I did figure out what to do then. Not intentionally. It was more accidental, but now I can do it intentionally because I know it from then. And so I would challenge you to think about, you know, how you got to the polar bear pitch like the path you took to get there. And I'm sure you can extract something from that that might help you as you start to pave the way to the next thing. Um, I'm excited for your journey. I'm excited that you're in this stage because here's the thing, you've done things already. You've brought something to life that, you know, that legacy will live on for a very long time. and, And that's a cool thing that is, that can exist, you know, with or without you now. You know, and, and that's the beauty of it. You've built something that has a formula, has a recipe, uh, it has a value proposition, it has a customer, it has everything figured out and it adds value. And that's really cool. And uh, no doubt, you know, you, you you will be able to figure out what the next thing you create is. And it sounds like the one thing you do know for sure is that you are a creator. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're gonna be creating something. It's just a matter of what you create next.
1: Yeah, and with who. I think. And with that yeah, that's a, a good finding. question.
0: Yeah, Who's who's going to be that person you call? Yeah. What was the name of the person you uh, called that mate. day? Mate. 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 Yeah. So there we go. So you need to find the next Mate that exactly. you're going to call and uh, make that call.
1: Exactly. That's a good way to point, put it.
0: So um, just one quick kind of question to get closer to wrapping this up. Um, you know, if if you were if you were watching somebody live your life, you know, and go through everything you're going through. What would you guide them to do differently? If you were watching them follow a similar path to yours, what would you, uh, what would you guide them to do differently? What warning would you give them? Hey, be careful here. Do this instead. Um, because I already know what happens.
1: (laughs) That's a good question, but it kind of goes back to how I view life that, uh, you learn, like things don't happen just randomly, but they are there to teach you a lesson. And if I would now, of course it's easier when you look back, you would say, oh, why are you waiting there so long? What's taking so long? But then again, you need it that time. You really need it kind of like to be lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really need it to be having this feeling of like, what on earth am I gonna do with my life? Or if you wouldn't have that, then you wouldn't have enough Sisu power that you need in the next phase of your life. So that's kind of like you get the the Sisu, the grit, Mm -hmm. when you are lost. Mm -hmm. This adrenaline comes then afterwards once you know that, oh, now I know how I'm going to get out of this where I'm lost. And then you put the power, the Sisu power in, and that helps you get further. But then I'm also uh, thinking that what I would advise myself is to maybe to think about what assumptions I have, because we base our lives a lot around those assumptions. And to really think that, are they really true or are they assumptions? And to really kind of like maybe be more open minded about that not necessarily everything is the way you believe they are. They might be also the opposite, may also be true. So. Kind of like. uh, Challenging myself more to Mm -hmm. thinking that the opposite as well.
0: Tell me real quick, I I actually want to go back to what you said about being lost. So is being lost a good thing?
1: I think it can be. Yeah. Okay. because if everything would always go go very clearly and you would always know, like it's kind of boring if everything is always like a smooth sailing. So then you appreciate also the good times more Mm -hmm. when you've had the little bit of like the darker period or when you felt that you were lost. So once you kind of like there's sun is shining and you feel that now I can sail like really easy, you appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. But if it would be just like a sunny day every day, would you even notice that it's a sunny day every day? Mm -hmm. Like for instance, when you come from a northern place like I come from, uh, if I would go to somewhere in the, what is the The equator yeah yeah it's like i'm like blown away it's warm it's wonderful it's like totally like and then someone living there is like what's so exciting about it it's like every day yeah so kind of like you need this contrast you need Mm -hmm. to kind of like have the uh, challenging times and they also it's i think that you also grow in those moments the Mm -hmm. most when it's the most a little bit challenging times uh it's also about like are you able to recognize that you are lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's also another question
0: yeah how would you uh, so if you could tell somebody uh, a young person going through a similar experience how to more constructively navigate being lost what's one thing you would tell them to do
1: just like you know trust that you have the means to overcome it, that it's kind of like, okay, can I tell a story? Uh, There's one time we were in China for polar bear pitching. There was uh, some event in Alibaba was hosting and they wanted us to bring our water tank and, you know, do some kind of a show there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I was supposed to be like on a stage at their event. Uh, One of the, there, there was like some video cameras, TV cameras on and two hours before that, someone came to me that okay that you're 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 kind of like in two hours and Mm -hmm. I'm like where am I in two hours and then they were saying that you know on the stage and then I'm like "Uh, okay okay can I give a talk and I was like Yeah, and I didn't know anything what was going on because they were talking Chinese. Mm -hmm. Literally, I had no understanding of what was going on. And then uh, I was kind of like, I had two choices. Other one was like, I say that, well, no way, I will do it. And, you know, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But then I figured that, okay, well, what is it that I can give to this audience and what I should be talking about, because if you talk about polar bear pitching, you can talk about business, you can talk about startups. Uh, you can, There's a lot of like different doors to hmm. to take. But then I figured that uh, I'll, I'll be talking. I just had this feeling that I have to talk about uh, Sisu and the grit and the perseverance and how the, the water symbolizes that, that when you are in a difficult situations and circumstances, there's always a way to, out of that. And I did that and um, then uh, I my, the speaker following me was a lady from a uh, Chinese uh, person who had first climbed both sides of Everest. Uh, wow. And she was talking about grit. She was talking about perseverance. Then uh, the third speaker was someone who was coming from Paris, uh, biking all the way to Hong Kong, and he talked about grit as well. And I honestly didn't have any idea that these people are going to talk about that because it was literally Chinese to me. Like, I I just didn't know what was expected. But the story here is that when you feel that you're lost, you just like listen to more. Like, you you have it in you, like you have the answers. Just like, listen to yourself and uh, just have the courage to act on the things that you hear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you lost right now?
1: I don't think I am actually. I think that I, uh, I'm i in a state where I'm supposed to be at this moment of figuring things out mm-hmm. and need this phase in my life. Mm-hmm. And even though I may feel that I'm lost, but in the big picture, I'm not. <laughs> okay.
0: No, in the big picture, you're not. But you feel. <laughs> yeah. But you're saying you feel lost. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you just gave some great advice. So I'm just yeah, saying yeah. I, I hope you heard that. Yeah, and I hope and so. we'll have to, have to get the recording and send it back to you, just that little <laughs> part. Um, you know, right there. I mean, I feel like you just said something that applies perhaps to you right now. Mm. And, and it's like you said, you know, You have to really trust in yourself, trust that you'll figure it out. And you said something even more important, more valuable, that it's it's already in you. It's already in you. So it's just a matter of, you know, bringing it out, surfacing what's already inside of you and
1: Yeah, and if I may add, it's kind of like we also think quite often that we have to solve the problem on our own. That Mm -hmm. kind of like it's us alone, but it isn't really. You have these people around you and we all have people around us who can kind of like together, we can help each other and so forth. So I think that it's really important to not just focus on yourself, but then kind of like to recognize what's ongoing around you Mm -hmm. and then just like build these relationships with other people and together you can help each other. So, yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, Mia, thank you so much for your time for showing up even when the voice told you, you know, who am I to offer value to this audience? Um, I'm really glad you showed up and I'm really glad that you were so open to talk a lot about, All of these things and what you're going through right now, you know, this this moment in between, uh, you know, destinations on the journey to reinvention. uh, 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 It's an exciting moment. It means that you're also moving on this journey and you'll have a lot of cool stories to share. And so um, I appreciate that you are willing to explore this, explore what you've already done, because there are people who are thinking about getting onto the journey right now and hearing stories from different people gives them one. It shows them what's possible, you know. When you get on the journey, it shows them that you can create an event where you make people jump into freezing cold water. Who knew that that was something that could be created? But now someone listening knows that that can be created. You know, they know a few of the things that you did to get there. You know, and especially that um, that the 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 call that you made to uh, Mate, right? Uh, so that was a really important thing. So they know that yeah, there's there's steps to get there. Um, and finally, you validate a lot of the feelings that they're going through right now. A lot of the things that they're concerned about. Maybe they're lost right now, and they're in that period. And so, you know, being, becoming aware of that and then trusting that it's inside of you already. You'll you'll make it through this. But also, you'll appreciate things more once you're out. So, I think this is all super valuable. So, thank you so much for for all of your time and insight.
1: Well, thank you.
0: It was really my pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad we did this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.